Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. A reading from Genesis chapter 18 and chapter 21. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servants who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and a calf, and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. He stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, There in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband and old is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the, set, at the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the, the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac while he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Quite a passage. There's 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 a ton of things going on in this. <laughs> From the fact, I hope maybe you noticed. So remember, Abraham is old, older than all of us here. He's like 99 years old, and he's running. 99, and he's running. He's bowing down and he gets up. It's one thing. 
Sarah is old. Hey, you're going to have a child well past your childbearing years. What is that about? There's laughter. Is it nervous laughter? Is it not? And I don't know if you, you looked at this. Genesis, it's is not a continuous story. It's Genesis 18 and 21. There are three chapters in between. I don't know, are any of you familiar with Paul Harvey? This is going back. He had this thing on the radio called The Rest of the Story. And, and he would tell like, these common stories that everyone is familiar with. And he'd be like, so there, and he would fill in the blanks of what happened beforehand and after and all that. And then at the end, he would have in his typical voice, and that's the rest of the story. So today, I'm going to do the rest of the story. Because while there's a whole lot going on in this, there's a whole lot more before, during, and after that really play into this for us to get some real sense of what is going on and for us to have a sense of what is the good news in this. I mean, there's the obvious good news is that um, God shows up, God has relationship with us, and God keeps God's promises. Now, I mean, I could just end the sermon there, but... You, you all compensate me for more than that. <laughs> so I want to start back a little bit further. I want to start back in Genesis 15. And I'm going to go through this kind of quickly to give you a sense of the context of the story that we read today. Genesis 15 talks about God's covenant with Abram. So this is before Abraham becomes Abraham. He's still Abram. That's his, his name. Remember, God, uh, so a Abram, God comes to Abram and says, hey, get up from your household. He's living in what would be modern-day Iraq. You're, you're pretty comfortable, but get up and go. I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. That's literally what, what God says. And during this, he sends him there, I, and, and he says, uh, God says, I, the Lord, have brought you up from Ur, the land of, of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess. So he finally gets to where God wants to show him to go, and God says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. So do you know what a covenant is? What's a covenant? What's a nice, simple way of looking? An, an agreement and a promise, is it between two equal parties or unequal? They're unequal. They're unequal. God is obviously not our equal. <laughs> right? So God is making a covenant. And when God is making a covenant, it's always God putting God's self at risk. We're going to screw it up. This is what the, the history of the scripture is always, that, that humanity never keeps the end of the bargain. Sorry to spoil that spoiler. <laughs> humanity, this is why we have covenant after covenant after covenant after covenant after covenant. But God is always faithful and God always keeps God's covenants, is the idea. So God makes a covenant with 
Abraham, or Abram. And uh, he puts him, it's, it's nighttime, he puts him to sleep, and, and he has this whole, uh, uh, and he says, know this for certain, that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that's not yours, they shall be slaves there. He's telling him about going to Egypt. And afterwards they shall come out with great possessions, which is the Exodus story. There's the whole Exodus story in two verses. Uh, as for yourself, you're going to go down, you're going to be buried and all this type of stuff. Um, to your descendants, I give this land. And this this huge whole swath of land. It's the, the covenant of the promised land. Land is really important in, in Old Testament. And it has to do with relationship. And, uh, and in here it talks about you're going to be as numerous God says, uh, look to the heaven and count the stars. If you can count them, so shall your descendants be. So there's going to be this huge descendants of Abram. This is the covenant that God makes with Abram. And uh, time goes by. And uh, there's no children. No children. And so Abram does what every human being does, takes matter into his own hands, because God's not working on, on, his, on Abram's time frame. So he has a slave, Hagar. And he sleeps with the slave, gets pregnant, and that must be what God wanted. Right? Humanity has a way of kind of twisting things and saying, well, this is obviously what God wanted. And Ishmael is born. And so he's thinking, oh, this, is, this must be the, the fulfillment of the covenant. And God is like, no, that's, that's not what I said. That's, that's not what I said. And so God comes back to Abram, who's 99 years old at this point, and says, uh, hey, walk with me. God is very <laughs> relational. And, uh, and he, he says, I have a covenant with you. I remember I said that you're going to be the, mul- the, the father of the multitude of the nations. And, uh, and your name, by the way, I'm going to change this so that it's, you know, there's no confusion. You're going to go from Abram to Abraham, which doesn't sound like a big deal in English. In Hebrew, Abraham means the father of nations. Literally changes Abram's name to who he is going to be. This is a common practice in scripture. Simon gets changed to Peter. Same type of thing. It's a a title. It's a characteristic of who this person is. Rock. The rock of faith in that, right? So God says to Abraham, uh, you're going to keep my covenant and your offspring after you throughout your generations, between me and you and your offspring after you, and this is where it gets interesting, uh, every male is going to be circumcised. This is part of the covenant now. So there's a physical aspect to circumcision. This is where it gets really uncomfortable for, for men. <laughs> to talk about circumcision. It's painful, it's a, there's an obvious physical element to this. But scripture also talks about circumcision 
beyond just the physicality to there are places in Scripture that talk about circumcision of the heart, circumcision of the mind. What is it that is in the way of our relationship with God? It needs to be cut away. That's what circumcision is ultimately about. So God tells Abraham, hey, you're going you're gonna to implement this idea of circumcision. Can you imagine going, I, I'm sorry, this is a side note. Can you, there, there's a, uh, I saw a, a video and it had Jack Black in it. He's a comedian. And it, I don't know what, what, it's, what it was from. Uh, but they're there and they're, they're playing out this scene. And, and Jack Black is, one of the, is like one of the servants of, Abraham, and Abraham is like, hey, guess what? I just had this conversation with God. God made this covenant with me. By the way, I'm going to have to cut away your foreskin. And Jack Black is like, um, what's he on? <laughs> like, I don't think this is a good idea. Are you sure that's really what this is about? Are you sure you didn't mishear this? And Anyway, sorry, a little side note on that. Um, so Abraham, he goes and he, he does this uh, with all of, all of everyone, all of the males in his household. All of the relatives, the servants, the slaves, and Ishmael. He, he uh, does circumcision on them. This leads to the beginning of of our reading today. This is everything that's happened up to what we started with our reading. Because circumcision, that's a pretty serious commitment. There's no turning back on that. And God wants to know, did you just go through the motions? Or do you really know me? Because this is what Scripture is about. Think about the physicality of God in this passage of Scripture. This is a passage of Scripture where at the beginning we have God showing up in physical form. There's debate about, is this the Trinity since there's three of them? Is this God and two angels? Is this Jesus? Who is this? Keep the Jewish context, they wouldn't have an idea of Trinity, right? It's not fair for us to just look back and put our beliefs on this. So at the very least, it's God and two angels. It's, 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 that's kind of the idea here. And they're physically present. God is very relational. And God eats with Abraham. And God inquires specifically about Sarah. That doesn't happen in this culture. Sarah is specifically named and requested. This is a radical, a whole radical thing. Abraham and Sarah are both important in this story. One is not more important than the other. You're not going to have a birth without Sarah. You've got to have both. There's, this is about how do we know God and how does God know us? 
God knows us. God knows Abraham. God knows Sarah. We see it in the story where Sarah laughs when she hears, oh, you're going to, be, you're going to have a child. And she laughs. Likely it's a nervous laughter of, remember, she hasn't had children. And here she is in her 90s being told she's going to have a child. Are you sure? What is that going to mean for life? What, how, how am I going to care for this child? How is this going to work? Birth is not, not a safe practice in this time either. And she is advanced age. There's likely that she won't survive this. All sorts of things going on, and she's laughing, not in a humorous way, but in this nervous laughter. And, and, the, and God, in the form of these three men that are there, so why, why did you laugh, Sarah? Aren't all things possible with God? Is nothing impossible? Oh, I didn't say that I, I, didn't, I didn't laugh, is what she says. And the response is, no, you did. God knows, because God knows us. And this is about relationship. This is also about hospitality. It's common practice in this culture that when someone, a stranger, comes on the land, on your land, that you welcome them into your home. Not only do you welcome them into your home, but if they refuse, it's seen as an insult. And so they, they come, and they, that's washing of the feet has to do with hospitality, and they will be provided the very best of everything. And so you see this. Abraham is running around. He's got the, the goat. He's got curds. He's got milk. He's got everything. And, and it's also common practice that the host would stand, not sit, because it's a matter of serving your guests. And in response, a guest is expected to compliment the hospitality. A guest is expected to offer some kind of good news and maybe make a prediction about the future, which is what happens. I'm going to be back this, year, this time next year, and you'll have a son. This is fitting very much with this. And then what happens is we get the end of this, and we skip three chapters. Those three chapters are kind of important. And so I want to take you real briefly through this. Right after Sarah denies saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid, he said, oh yes, you did laugh. The very next thing is, then the men set out from there and they looked towards Sodom and Abraham went with them along their way. It's the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a story of the cities in the, in the valley along the Dead Sea. And if you remember, now this is, these are the clobber passages, right? These are the ones that get pulled all out of proportion and misinterpreted for centuries, centuries. So I want you to really, really listen. This is... The two, two, the two men who were with God of the three go to Sodom. Before going, they're talking with Abraham, and Abraham pleads 
with them because they have made it known to Abraham that God's going to destroy these cities. And Abraham pleads with them, well, what if there's 50 righteous people? Well, then we won't do it. What if there's 40? What if there's 30? What if there's 20? What if there's 10? Even if there's 10, we won't destroy these cities. And so then the two men go and they meet up with Lot. And it's there with Lot. They're in Lot's home, hospitality. Lot is providing hospitality for these two visitors and trying to treat them right. Lot is a righteous man in this, somewhat. <laughs> and what happens is the men of the town come to the door and demand for these two visitors. They want to rape him. They want to rape them. That's what this is about. The sin of Sodom, as it says in Ezekiel, has nothing to do with sexuality in a loving sense. It has to do with not showing hospitality. That's a light way of putting it. It has to do with greed. It has to do with not caring for the poor. It has to do with selfishness. It has to do with narcissism. It has to do with cruelty. That's why Sodom and Gomorrah are destroyed. There was no hospitality in the broadest sense of the term. Trying to rape someone is not a showing hospitality. And so these two men go and they tell Lot, take your family, go. Because this is what we're going to do. Don't look back. This is where Lot's wife looks back, turns into a pillar of salt, and they go. And afterwards, what happens is that Lot's daughters, two daughters, sleep with, they get, they get Lot drunk, sleep with him, and they bear children, which become other nations. Sexual abuse that was happening in Sodom ends up what Lot suffers from. It's an interesting type of thing. Again, no hospitality. And so there's, it's terrible. And then what happens is Abraham goes to another place called Gerar. He meets the king there, and the king says, oh, who's this woman with you? And Abraham says, oh, that's my sister, to protect her, even though it's his wife. Oh, well, I'd like to have her come be part of my harem. And in a dream that night, before anything happens, God shows up to the king and says, do not touch this woman that is Abraham's wife. And he gets up the next day, hey, why didn't you tell me this? You're obviously a man who is righteous with God. There's, where's the hospitality in this? There's cruelty, there's taking, all these type of things. And then we finally get to the birth of Isaac. Do you see how there's a theme that runs through this of God knowing people, God showing up, being very present, 
in the midst of terrible things. All throughout this, it's not a matter of God standing in the background. God is present through all of those. Whether it's in the form of angels or God being physically present and eating, God saying, hey, I'm going to make a covenant with you. God showing up as angels and saying, this cannot, this lack of hospitality, this cruelty cannot go on. And I'm going to save you from this. To showing up in a dream saying, don't touch, just, just don't do this. This is God knowing. And what happens after this is that God continues to be with Abraham. God also made a promise to Ishmael when Abraham kicks Ishmael and Hagar out because Sarah is jealous. It's about knowing. It's not just God being faithful. It's God saying, I want you to know me as well as I know you. God does this. God shows up. God keeps coming to us, even when we just are not going to get it. The Old Testament is really the same story over and over again. God makes a covenant. Wow, that's great. Humanity breaks it. They suffer the consequences. They cry out to God, help us, save us. God saves them and reestablishes a new covenant. That's the Old Testament. This is what God does for us. God offers us forgiveness and love. God offers us grace and mercy. We're going to screw it up because we're not perfect. It's not about how righteous we are. It's not about how perfect we are. It's not about all the things that we're doing. It's about the faithfulness of God continually doing this, knowing that we are not going to be able to keep our end of the bargain. And yet God continues to come back to us, to eat with us. This is what we're going to do in just a little bit. It's a table where there's some food, and God shows up at this table and is present. And regardless of what we have done, God shows up because it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. It's about what God has always been doing, consistently loving us, giving us second and third and thousandth chances because God knows us. And at the heart of it, we belong to God, and nothing that God makes is bad. The creation story, it is good. We mess it up, but there's a way out. That's the beauty of this, is that God keeps coming and keeps forgiving and keeps offering grace and mercy and doesn't quit no matter how bad it gets. That's the good news out of this story. Thanks be to God.
Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.